Welcome to the Adjusting to the Real World podcast, where we help you navigate through the crazy world we're currently living in. And now, here's your host, Professor Jim Wilkinson. Hi, good evening, everybody, and thank you. And I want to thank my special guest we have today. We have Heather Jolliker here, Don Bryden, and Sarah Walker. And this is a topic near and dear to my heart. It's about the uh, education and college education process right now, especially in the uh, advent of COVID. One of the big issues that I think has been facing uh, people right uh, now, especially with COVID, is uh, the fact that colleges have gone from in-class to uh, mostly virtual. And one of the things that has come across the, the table uh, all the time that I hear it from parents and I hear it from students alike is, you know, why should I be paying $6,000 for a class when I could be spending my money at a community college for $570 and getting the same education? And except the only thing I would be worried about is does this stuff transfer and I have here a transfer expert in Don Bryden. So we're going to get that discussion going here. And I'd like to start it out with uh, someone, uh, a, a person who goes to a four-year school, Siena College, it's Sarah Walker. And I would like to ask you, Sarah, uh, you know, did your classes move mostly to virtual? Yeah, so a lot of mine did. I was actually in person the fall semester, but a lot of it was self-taught. We would get like emails of what to do before class. And then class time was a lot of just reiterating the work that we did at home. So did you take uh, the avenue of taking classes at a two-year school? I did take a few classes at a two-year summer courses and winter courses. Okay. And how did that work out for you? really well actually um between the two my classes actually at the two-year were a lot better orchestrated than my sienna ones especially online and the education from it was awesome too oh very good so so then let me go over to heather and say you from the get-go uh, decided to uh have your daughters in two-year educational uh institutions uh what was the reasoning behind that heather well, uh, when my kids were little, I had always said that we would have them, because I went to community college, I thought it was a, a great quality education. So I always said, why not do the two-year route and then let them go four-year college after that? Um, my oldest daughter actually chose a four-year college only because she got um, accepted into a great nursing program, had scholarships, grant money, and everything else to help her pay for it. Um, but my second daughter didn't really know what she kind of wanted to do. So started right off to your college. And that was way before COVID and everything else, her decision. Okay. So, and how does that, does, do you feel that that works for you uh, in this model that you're modeling your daughters towards? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it would be better without COVID because I think she'd get a lot um, of good experience going to the campus, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's detracting from her education. So do you have any worries about the fact that she is in a two-year school about her transferring to a four-year school? No, not at all. Okay. No. So let me bring Dawn in on that, on that uh, situation here. What we're looking at, Dawn, is we have uh, Sarah Walker, who's taken a, a few classes at community colleges, finds the quality of that education. 
and Heather, who uh, whose daughter in nursing school, and you can understand that a focused career-based college education like uh, nursing uh, merits more towards a four-year school, but her other daughter in a two-year school. And uh, what would be the the any drawbacks that you see, Dawn, for transferability later? Well, I have to speak first and foremost, because I am a product of a community college education and I love community colleges and what they do for students. Um, so first and foremost, take advantage of community colleges, but also thinking ahead to the four year degree that you're thinking about pursuing, you wanna be in touch with that college early in the process and make sure that the courses that you're thinking about taking at the community college reflect the needs of the new degree that you're pursuing or thinking about pursuing in Heather's case, the nursing program. So um, making sure that those courses are required for that other school and that you're aligning your curriculum that you're taking at the community college with the four-year school as well. And there are counselors to help you align that. Absolutely. And, uh, what, is, what is your position right now, Don? Right now, Dean of Admissions at Bay Path University. I've worked with transfer students and first year students and a lot of times students do come to me and say, you know, what are my options? I can't afford this, this degree at this time. What about community colleges? So definitely taking advantage of the community college and being in touch with the transfer advising staff is my uh, first recommendation when I meet with them. And, and Heather, what is your uh, normal uh, workload look like? Uh, my daughters are Yours. Oh, mine. I work 35 hours a week. Okay. So you're in healthcare yeah. industry. Yep. Uh, and the age of COVID <laughs> in the era of COVID, uh, probably, yeah, you so know, I'm uh, actually considered one of the heroes early, of, so uh, I've been taking, of our day. So, and Sarah, what about you? School, work, so what, uh, I kind of do some work do at a cafe right now, but uh, I also do some doing? freelance digital marketing. I'm like an SEO website consultant right now. Okay, so Dawn, does, how does that work uh, as a model for, uh, for Sarah Walker being a model? You know, I love what Sarah's doing, actually taking advantage of courses, intercessions during the summer, during intercession. Um, once you matriculate at a college, colleges have different requirements and policies. Um, Bay Path, where I work, um, will take in 12 credits from outside colleges once students matriculate. So that can actually speed up the education by a full semester. Um, another way that you can accelerate your degree is to CLEP, take a CLEP exam, um, and that might give you some more credits towards graduation as well. Are you listening to this, Heather? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is very important because this is, this is what we're looking at right here today is the norm. This is the real world. And we're trying to say that students, mothers, and people within the, the system have to start adapting to the norm. You have to adjust to the real world. And this is the real world, what we're experiencing right now. I mean, you can take, you can stop and say, well, gee, let's, let's go, uh, we're gonna have, we're all gonna be in, in, uh, inoculated and, and uh, having a vaccine. So September, we're gonna be back to normal. The, the forecast is there's probably going to be no normal 
Okay, we're going to have to develop the new normal. The new normal is going to be what the real world is. So one of the ways that I think we have to continue to look at this is what's that new normal. So let me uh, now shift over real quick to Heather. So as a support system from the end, from you, from Jim, uh, from her sisters and, and brother, what type of support system is supporting your other daughter in doing this two-year college? Um, I think the support came when they were pretty young, actually. I think it was the two-year de deal was encouraged while they were younger. So I think she kind of just fit into it perfectly, really. She, I don't think there was any other expectation for her. Um, her sister being in a four-year school has really no bearing on what um, she's doing. I do feel the same um, support. Yeah. My dad so really, I don't, I don't know. Like, um, when I was everybody looking supports at colleges, her and really emphasized well, like and he wanted me to get the college, college experience. And do you and feel the same support, back, Sarah, like, from your family on your side? I did get the college experience, side? but was it worth all that money is still necessarily in question. <laughs> but I mean, my parents definitely gave me the support where I could go and do whatever I did choose, but the high school and the guidance counselors, I don't necessarily say I got that support from them. I personally think so. I mean, especially like at mm -hmm. the high school that so, I went to, uh, did we find it's that very as common an issue. that everyone goes to four and like where you go is like a really big deal certain, senior year and everything, direction. so. Okay. So does that matter, Dawn, on your end? Um, well, you know, high school counselors are so overwhelmed in many capacities. They're seeing hundreds of students in a day. So their bandwidth to work with students is very limited and having all of the options available to them is super important. So my, my um, recommendation for high school students is to visit, to visit colleges, visit the transfer fairs, visit the college fairs, visit the campuses to make sure that when they step on campus, they feel welcomed and they feel like they could be successful. Know about, you know, if you're a student who's looking for a really large state university, that's important. If you feel like you're going to thrive in a smaller university, that's also equally important. But I think it's, it's super important to actually step on campus, meet the faculty, meet the other students and get a real feel for the college campus community. Uh, did you do that, Heather, with your daughter? I, go to the campus and um i did it with my older daughter we went to a couple four-year colleges and she actually had graduated early from her high school and went right to a community college for a semester um my younger daughter she really um was just stuck on going to a community college so we didn't really do a bunch of tours no but you did talk to people at the community yes. to me yeah yeah yep, definitely and, and she uh, loved the campus and, yeah and and she happens to be in, in my class so i mean it's it's funny how this network works out here uh in fact i had sarah walker in a couple of my classes as a matter of fact so uh it's one of the reasons why i think i wanted to really talk about this thing so here's the oh here's that there's an overreaching situation right here and that is enrollments are down drastically across the board community college four-year schools drastically across the board students are falling off the grid what do we what could we do to get these students back on the grid to be focused towards that education and that 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 process 
What well, can we do to get him back? My main issue with classes right now would have to be the online component. And what I do feel you like think? If you were one that would I'm fall paying, off the grid, Sarah, what would it take to get so you guess back on the to grid? To get me back would be uh, more like just more involvement. I do appreciate everything the professors do, but I just feel like right now with the age of COVID, I guess maybe make the classes more engaging again and more because right now it's like feel very burnt out with the online classes it's a lot of the same stuff so now do you find that uh, happening at your school Dawn? Um, you know, most of our classes did go online. Some of them are on ground and some are hybrid as well. So it just depends on the course. Certainly the hands-on courses like the sciences, the pre-med, the pre-vet, pre-dental, those courses are on ground as much as we can. Um, and students are getting tested, COVID tested weekly. Um, so I think every school is different in the way that they're handling this. But certainly finding a school that does online learning really well and engaging students as much as they can. I think it's really important. Uh, Zoom fatigue is a real thing. And Sarah, I can see in your face, you've been online all day and, <laughs> and you look like you need a break. So making sure that you take time to acknowledge that is, is very important. So I'll, I'll give you the, a, a different perspective here. Now I'm taking it from the professor's perspective. Okay, this morning I was in a, a, a Teams meeting at nine o'clock. I had a class at 10.30, I had a call in at 12.30, and at 2 o'clock I was on a Zoom meeting at Bay Path University, and 4 o'clock I'm on a podcast. Uh, maybe teaching Heather's daughter might do something, she might fear that I might be, uh, you know, sort of uh, having fatigue myself on, on that, and I have to go and present this product to her daughter. So it's um, it's not we, just from the this when we educated do like person course evaluations they that is uh, something that they but ask the educator us, also have like, you had this discussion like, with like any of your professors what they called Sarah. revolutionary like changes we've had to make in the education system this semester so that was a big topic that they did ask us at the end Okay, do you have that fear, Heather, that some of the, the, the people that are teaching your daughter uh, are with that, uh, you know, screen fatigue? Um, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a little bit, but you know what, Jim, your podcast says it all. This is the new world, really. So when our kids, when people like Sarah, who've had a lot of screen time learning or self being self learned or going to Zoom, when they get out in the real world, unfortunately, the real world's going to have a lot more Zoom calls than they're going to have in person. For it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it so, might even become the new normal. Like people, people may not want to pay that overhead, so they're going to do things by Zoom or by you know go to meeting or whatever the format is. And so these kids actually have an advantage. I, they probably yeah, don't. Take, they probably don't feel it. They probably don't think it. But I think they actually have an advantage right now. I think you just brought up one of the key issues is right now is to convince them that this is not in vain. Sarah, this is not in vain, the fact that you're doing this, the fact that you're going to go out and you're going to apply for a job, and that job is probably has 80% of their workforce remote. 
You know, um, I don't know if you know that Mass Mutual sold its uh, retirement service division to a company out in Colorado. All those people are still sitting in their at their home at their terminals, but they now work for a company in Colorado. So that might be the norm, and maybe we are preparing them. So Dawn, I'm going to defer this, defer this to you. What would you do to get that message through to students that we're preparing you for a different world, okay? And that's adjusting to the real world is what this podcast is about, but this is what, it's, what the whole real world is all about. So what would you do on your end to, let, to get to those students, to let them know that? I think it's, it's the work that we do with our career services office and looking forward, not behind and looking ahead and projecting to see what the world will look like in five or 10 years. You know, um, the AI world is going to be happening and we need to embrace it and, you know, really modify our learning outcomes so that we can meet students where educators need them to be. Okay, so so Heather, are you are you comfortable with knowing that there's an education process to to handle what your daughter's going to be going through? Absolutely, yep. And I think she's part yeah. of it. I know that I'm dating myself, but I know when I was in high school, we had the first computer classes, and it brought me into like a the business world after I graduated high school and college. I had been part of that movement, and it, it helped me. And I think this is going to help people. And I think we don't. I think to get the message over to our kids, we don't tell them like kids don't like to be told anything right I think we just kind of show it to them and I think we let them kind of lead the way and figure it out on themselves I had Jackie today help me um do even though I've been using go to meeting and zoom I have never done a presentation so I asked her to help me and we did a she we did a mock presentation here in our own house so that tomorrow during a meeting I can present a meeting and I think it was a great lesson for my oh, daughter yeah. without telling her it was a lesson. Especially with my yeah, dad. that's kind of reverse lesson. <laughs> sort of reverse lesson the there. Sarah, have you been so in that like situation where you've actually, you know, re-educating your, your family? About how to send like PDFs to his coworkers and random stuff on his computer with Zoom meetings. But he actually had a lot of meetings already remotely before because he's a salesman, so he travels a lot. But so he he's been asking me a ton of questions so we have turned this thing on on its ears and for what we're saying is that dawn you know the expected uh student going to Bay, you know, going to sign up for Bay Path and moving out of their house and moving into the dorms and taking this, this for whatever courses and, you know, 40 courses for 120 credits and getting a degree. That whole, that whole picture, we can actually say we've totally either reshaped it or folded it up and put it away. Yeah, totally reshaped it, realigning calendars, going, you know, instead of looking at a model that's 15 weeks, kind of making it a little bit more accessible for students yes. who can take courses throughout the summer um, and really taking advantage of the technology. Yeah, and I feel like it's it the only option where at we're this at. point, especially being okay, a digital so, marketing and we, major. Do you think, Sarah, do you think you've embraced the technology? As a student, right from a student's perspective, you have embraced the technology. And isn't that what Heather is saying? It is the only option, but we got to convince these 
the, the, the students that this is the only option. Uh, it's exactly what she said. So let me uh, switch over real quick to Heather. Uh, if, if you're taking a look at that and you're sort of reversing it to say what you've learned, maybe you could uh, uh, you know, adapt to the stuff that I'm doing. And does that change that relationship with you know, mom overlooking a student and then mom sort of sharing what the student's abilities are? Um, yeah, I think it actually, and especially when everybody's kind of locked down in the same house, I have to work from home, she's got to be here at school from home. I think it actually does change our relationship. It, it kind of bonds us. And even okay. to further that, I'll share with you that um, this summer, I decided to go back to school. I only have my associate's degree from a great community college and this online stuff is easy for me to go back to school. So I'm going to go back and get my bachelor's degree because it's online. And where are you going? Um, UMass. Okay. Yep. Um, and you know, Jackie and my kids all know that they all encourage me. They're all happy for me. So it kind of like brings us all together. It's been like, you know, not bad educationally. So would that, would that, do you think that would work? Uh, in in this, you know, whatever that real world is for these people that have kids that are high school seniors right now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Because they're doing the same thing as a high school senior and a high school junior. Right. You know, Minichog High School is hybrid, you know, two days in class, two days home, you know, and then uh, the middle day, you know, doing whatever, but uh, that has changed the model. So with the model changing, okay, Don, what is your expectation, okay, from high school to a possible two-year school and then to Bay Path? So things have changed a little bit as far as admissions is concerned. You know, some students are, don't have access to the SAT or ACT because of COVID. So we've had to make some changes and you know take the SAT requirement off the plate, off the table um, for many students. Additionally, visits to campus are a little bit more difficult now. So to visit campus, you have to attest that you're COVID negative and that you're not coming from a high-risk state. And currently, the only non-high-high-risk state is Hawaii. So you know we can only host students from Massachusetts. So now everything's kind of flipped and it's become virtual. So we're doing virtual tours. We're doing virtual events to showcase our faculty and our, our facilities. So things have really, really changed because students, like I said earlier, you need to visit the campus. Well, it's very difficult today in today's world. So we have to do it virtually. And what can we um, portray to students in a flat two-dimensional, one-dimensional screen, right? Um, so, so it's, it's changed. Um, however, what we're looking at for students, you know, we've had to make some changes. Some schools went to a pass-fail system when COVID hit last year. So we had to make some changes as far as accepting passing grades instead of letter grades. So that's one of the considerations that we've had to made, make. Um, we also have to make sure that students are staying engaged in their classes and taking advantage of anything as far as, um, tutoring and special accommodations for students who might have an IEP, we need to take a look at that. So, um, so and that's what Sarah was talking about, having the engagement part of it. Exactly. And, and the services and that need to be afforded to students who need them. Okay. And Heather, how would you feel, how do you feel about those services 
uh, are out there just in case Jackie needs those services. No, it's it's great. I mean, when a, a kid can just kind of like log into their computer. Oh and yeah, get they, um, they they both instead have of very just, easily accessible um, that they information want to see, or like and it's actually tutoring they need. sessions, I think it's, office it's hours, both very easy. And did you access. find that in your classes, Sarah? The classes between the four-year school and the two-year school. Okay, and when you, if you had a problem, the the answering that problem immediately, uh, that is the other thing that this being online affords us, is that uh, if I'm online from eight, nine o'clock in the morning until nine o'clock at night, if one of my students wants to get in touch with me, that's not a problem. She is going to get in touch with me, and such. So that works pretty well. So now we're looking at uh, the this possibility of saving the money being in, you know, taking these two year courses. What do you think is gonna go, move forward once this COVID is over? Not necessarily over, but let's say when 80% um, of uh, well, off, the uh, population been vaccinated and they decide to but, put everybody back um, in the classroom um, in, I don't, in the I fall, think you're gonna say. see a lot of people, What would that like, look like to you, Sarah? Realize like, because college was so enforced before, but now that COVID happened, a lot of people realized like, maybe I'll take a step back and wait a little bit. So maybe we'll see more people in the trades too and those industries. But in the classroom, I'm hoping it looks more structured again. Um, still having that online component, I don't think would be, as we spoke about earlier, it's not gonna be our downfall. It is an advantage to have the online experience but I would love to get back to the more teach teaching style instead of self-taught work. So I'm hoping it gets more back to that. Yeah, one of the things in teaching is to find out what a student's learning style is but I think what's as important is to know what the teacher's teaching style is, you know, and how this, this teacher approaches uh, an issue uh, that's not related necessarily to the class. Uh, in a classroom, that's totally different. I talk to the teacher after class is something, you know, I had a, an online class this morning. It was a, a called Elron class at 1030 and goes till 12 o'clock. So at 12 o'clock, I said, any students that have issues, you can stay online. And those who don't, uh, you can go. Well, nobody left. So all of a sudden, there's 15 students with 14 issues. So you have to approach that differently right now. Do you, I would say to Heather, do you feel okay with that situation where in the classroom, Jackie could stay after class and talk with a professor? Can she do the same thing with her online stuff? Um, I haven't asked her about staying online or anything like that. I know that her teachers do have like office hours, you know, virtual office hours, or, you know, obviously everybody's um, accessible by email. Um, but it's, it's, it hasn't been a factor for her. It's not been a problem with her. Oh, good. So, Dawn, what would you think would be the uh, uh, some of the biggest issues then in preparing those 14 students that had issues today? I'm trying to prepare them to transfer to BayPath. The, the 12 women that are in that class, I want to prepare them to transfer to BayPath. 
What I would definitely encourage the, uh, the students the, 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 to send the transcripts so that I can get a handle on what kind of classes they've taken and what kind of student they are. Be, being able to um, talk to about scholarships and That's what kind key. of opportunities we have for finances and aid is number two. Students really want to know how long is it going to take me to get my bachelor's degree and how much is it going to cost me? Um, so those are the, the top two questions that I've been asked over the past 16 years. Over the years, it doesn't change. So I know those are the top two questions. And so I can be most effective in helping guide them. Um, those are those things that I would ask. No, So what's interesting is, have those questions changed with COVID? Exactly. The same question. Exactly. How soon can I get my degree and how much is it going to cost me? Do you feel that way as a mom, Heather? Absolutely. Because Absolutely. my kids are my my kids are paying for their education, so it's their question too. Yeah. Oh, that's their question. That's yeah. another one that that goes along with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, if your if your kids are are supplementing yeah, well, at all, when I originally you know, agreed to go, I was all set for the four uh, years, and then I got my first a, bill, a and I was like, that. "How soon can I do this?" Maybe we can Sarah, do this was that your issue? Because I know you're going to be finishing <laughs> it's three basically years. Basically, how that worked out. Was that? I do, I do. So that's a, yeah, that's a pretty key to hear that one a lot. You and your listeners, Jim. No, um, any community college that offers a first year experience course, I highly recommend taking it. it through that course, especially at Nuntuck Community College, students learn to identify their career goals and then match the major to their career goals. And that is key for many transfer students. Yeah, that's another good one. Very good. Did you hear that, Heather? I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so here we're getting around, uh, you know, pretty close to wrap up time. Uh, but I'd like to get one more uh, heavy question that's that's uh, it weighs heavily on on me right now is that uh, with these students that do drop off the grid, those students that you know, some were like go-getters and taking four courses and then drop it down to zero. Okay, what can we do on the on the back end from the parents' perspective, Heather? I think, I, thankfully, you know, neither one of my college students have done that. Um, I just think, well, I did it though, really. I dropped off the grid and it took me quite a while to get back on. Um, but I think it's a different world from when I grew up. You got to tell them that I you totally can't do agree. anything right now without um, a college degree. And, and I was fortunate you, enough that I feel like that's to, what you know, the situation was for you know, me. I mean, I never doubted that I wanted to go to, to get either a two-year than a four-year. Okay, or so four Sarah, how do you feel about that? But I think enforcing that from the beginning that like having that degree is great for you in the long run is very important. Yes, actually, yeah. Um, Do you have honestly, friends I, I and classmates that have fallen off the grid? at where they were at. They started off at my school and then they ended up transferring. And, and wherever they you, went, they just you, weren't you happy. The, any kind of reasonability for this? Just wasn't for them, or what it was, but.
Okay, so you Brian, know, I have, have seen more seen students it, raise their hand to say, I want to transfer. I'm ready to come and finish my degree. And I think the COVID era has really helped this because students are able to learn virtually on their own pace at their own time. Exactly. I mean, really, we, we're, we're attracting it's students just what from across said. the country That's what now, said. Why should and it's really go? great because they see that the benefit of online learning bridges any kind of time difference, space difference. They don't need to be on campus, so and they can do it at their own pace. Um, so what I've seen is that students, even people who have been released from their jobs, they've lost their jobs, they're looking to reinvent themselves, they're looking for a new career, it's a great time for them to pick that up. Okay, so bottom it, line, it what's the real world look like? And every student that I meet you, is so unique like, and different. Brian? And that's what I like to say keeps me young and you know just agile um, because every student's story is so different and so fluid. Um, you don't know what tomorrow is going to, to be. So to Heather's point, you can't wait until next year, next semester. You have to take advantage of the opportunity that you have and go for it. Okay, so Heather, how do you feel? I mean, obviously I wish COVID never happened, but I feel that Jackie um, choosing a community college before COVID even happened, I think she felt like she was just because she didn't really know what she wanted to, to major in, I think she felt like one of those kids that she did something wrong because she didn't really know what to do, but she was happy to go and apply and go to a Snuntuck. Um, but after this whole COVID thing happened, I'm glad that she wasn't I at mean, a four year school and then had to make a decision whether to but, come home and go to a community um, college whole, like, or stay with that four year college. Confused. I'm happy that she is. I'm happy that she is. I'm done a few classes there this year. And then just the way everything worked out, I figured out I could graduate a year early. So I ended up deciding to stay. But if I could go back to high school and change my decisions, I definitely would. Okay, so there's a good one for Dawn's purposes to take a look at that. Uh, ask these students, if you can go back to high school and change it, would you change it? And how would you change it? Yeah, definitely. That's a that's an absolutely good idea. So the decision to chunk it uh, by doing those extra classes, you know, when I went to college, I got my degree in three years. I took five courses over two summers. Everybody said, oh, that's psychotic. What are you doing? Well, I knew that I had to get out into the work world, what Heather was saying. She did that two-year thing, and she had to get out into the work world. Okay, so it's a whole different, the real world then is different than the real world now. Okay, so uh, last thought, final thought. Uh, Heather, what's the real world look like to you? Now, the real world is um, unfortunately very hands-off. Um, if I would want to change anything about this whole thing is the whole, you know, you can't touch anybody, you can't be in person. That is a very hard thing to deal with. Um, but I think it's kind of a made for uh, a custom made world. Uh, people can tailor their educations, their work life, their home life right now. And so I think the more technology, the more virtual experience we have. Is I agree. I love the flexibility thing. right now that okay, we're able so to Dawn, kind what of, do you think? Um, work at our own capacity from home. 
go onto campus as much as we can, craft it the way you want. And, you know, something that's happened through the COVID era is that we've really had to be intentional on the people that we stay with and we connect with and we meet with. So, you know, what does that circle of friends and family look like to you and how do you spend your time? I think, you know, more board games, more getting to know your, your family, more interactions with your most intimate people in your life is really great. Um, so I think my own relationships with my family have blossomed and we know who our, our real circle of friends is and we're able to I think kind of the real connect world and, is looking very really hopeful right now actually seeing that I feel like this is I mean knock on wood I feel like this is the lowest it can be right now so if we can all and, uh, figure what do you out think a way the real to manage world is, Sarah? life right now it can only go up from here you... so if you can figure out how to find your work as a student in the or in the workforce I feel like it just goes up from here so So Heather, do you are you listening to this from a student's perspective? So and and Sarah, are you listening to Heather from a, from a mom's perspective? So that works for me. It definitely works for me. So give me get my final thought on what the real world looks like. I think what the real world looks like is that the where people before were afraid of change, now they expect it. So if you expect it, then you better have the ducks in the line for you to deal with that, you know, unexpected world. And one of the ducks is education. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we did a podcast last week, they said with a former inmate and he was, this is education. I'm going to do it through education. He says, I'm walking around for the rest of my life and I have a label called felon. At least if I'm going to be called a felon, I'm going to be called a felon with a degree. So it really works well if you can get a handle on what the expectations are, what the what this real world is going to look like. I think you all uh, have given the bottom line. Uh, what are your thoughts? Your last thought here, bottom line, Heather, you go. I just uh, yeah, looking for the light here. at the end of the tunnel, but I'm willing to change. Yeah, I say embrace technology, embrace the benefits, and go for it. And, and done. And Sarah. Okay, so I believe I believe that. Uh, I want to thank you all because I think we need it, uh, and the and and people have to listen to the insights from both a parent, a, a school, and a student's perspective. And I think we got it. We became very clear here today as to what the issues are. But what are we going to do going forward? I really believe that we can create a path. You know, before you're always waiting for the path to be created for you. Okay, now you take the path and then look back and see what that path was that you took. Uh, that's going to be a little different. So I really appreciate having all of you here today. And with that, uh, we will sign off for our podcast on the education process and adjusting to the real world. Thank you all very much.
Thank you for joining us on this podcast. If you want to see what Professor Jim Wilkinson is up to, be sure to check out the show notes. Also, if you want to join the conversation, send us an email at adjustingtotherealworldpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week as we navigate through this crazy world together. Till then, stay safe.